On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, 13 games into the season marks a very important threshold. Some players keep up their performances through 13 games, and other players are Andrea Bargnani. Today, we grade some of the best starts from the Toronto Raptors roster on the Bargnani scale of uncooked to al dente. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, November the 21st, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, the show has a Discord community. It's free to join, and it's a great place to hang out with sickos just like you who like the show, who like the Raptors, who like to talk about the show and the Raptors with people who are nice and not mean and toxic. It's a great place. Come hang out. Link in the description. Again, free to join and would love to see it. Join us in there. You can also keep tabs on the Lockdown Raptors Fantasy Basketball League, where I'm sitting second place right now, which is embarrassing for the 14 people behind me in the standings, as I am very bad at fantasy basketball. Uh, either way, uh, go check it out on the Discord. You can also find the show for free. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, follow, rate, review, etc. We're on YouTube as well. You can subscribe over there. Hit the little notification bell so you never miss an episode of the pod. And let's get to it. Got a fun show lined up today with uh, a guest who I will be working in tandem with on Saturday at the Sports versus Media charity basketball game organized by uh, many folks over at TMU, including our dear pal Krino Mustafa, regular guest of the show. Uh, we will be the head coach and assistant coach. You're the head coach. I'm the assistant coach. You're my boss. We're, we're co-coaches. Uh, <laughs> we, we are. <laughs> you are you are the offensive and defensive coordinator. I just sit there and look pretty. That's all it is. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, things <laughs> the offense and defense are going to be bad. Then uh, we are going to be the coaches for the media squad in the sports first media game. Uh, there are two coaches for this team because we have a whole lot of coaching up to do up against the very real athletes that our players will be going up against in this game. Yeah. I'm very excited. We'll talk more about the game at the end, but the voice you've heard, the voice you've seen, the guy sitting there looking all handsome. It's his founder, Yard Barahenny from SDPN. S, how's it going, pal? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on, as always. Um, I, I It's funny. So there's like two things I want to pull from what you were mentioning. First of all, from cook to al dente, all right? Is al dente really cooked? Is it like, isn't it like half cooked? From what my understanding is, it's not like it's like fully cooked pasta. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, like a, so, uh, a medium in there. The exact like bite you want in a noodle. We haven't even explained the concept for the show yet. So this is a great <laughs> little tangent. But yeah, al dente is like when you bite in, it's like, ooh, that's a that's a cooked noodle. It's not too like it's, it's exactly what you cooked. want. Right. It's okay. like the medium rare of noodles. Right. And if you go over it, you don't want that. You don't want overcooked slop noodles. That's not good. Right. That's not going to yeah. stick to the wall when you throw it because it's overcooked. It's too slippery. Right. Um, okay. So that yeah, makes Dante sense. Dante is the, the yeah. perfect level of cook you want 
on your noodle, a food connoisseur like yourself. I thought you might have known this. <laughs> See, no, I, I, no, this was actually something I was confused <laughs> by because I was like, well, no, is al dente like, are we saying this is cook cook or is it like just right? You know, uh, but anyways, the other thing I was going to say, isn't it mm -hmm. funny? that people who watch basketball consistently like you and me suck mm -hmm. at fantasy basketball. It's just yeah. like a weird <laughs> ironic thing because I've noticed it too. I try every year I watch, I mean, you watch, right. Mm -hmm. But for some mm -hmm. reason consistently suck at fantasy basketball. I don't know what it Here's is. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. It's over. It's like oversaturation. It's like I watch a lot of basketball for my job. And then I have this whole fantasy league thing going on where I have to like pay attention to the injury report of the, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Memphis Grizzlies. Like I don't really care about whether Jacob Gilliard is going to play or not. <laughs> uh, so sometimes yeah. I just leave guys who are hurt in my lineup or don't put mm. guys who are healthy in my lineup. Um, and I just like lose attention this year. I think because the prize for the podcast, uh, for the, for the podcast league, the winner of the league is going to get an appearance on the show. Oh, I nice. really want to win. So I could just go solo and eviscerate <laughs> all 15 people in the league about how bad their teams were. Um, so I'm really motivated this year in the lockdown Raptors list. Nice. Okay. Um, let's get into today's show because it's a fun one i'm very excited for this concept uh we've talked about the pasta theme already um by the way today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. make every more, more right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and to get started here on the uh concept of today's show 13 games it's an important number in toronto raptors history it is the number of games where Andrea Bargnani looked like he might be a real good player back in the lockout-shortened 2011-12 season. He was outstanding through the first 13 games he played that year. Of course, it was interrupted by like a six-game absence. He played the first 11, missed a few games, came back, was awesome, and then missed a whole long stretch with a calf injury, essentially rendering the end of his time as an effective NBA basketball player. And yet, the Raptors still got a first-round pick for him, which is hilarious. Uh, which is so, why the Knicks are suing right now. <laughs> yes, 100% it's why the Knicks are being litigious about uh, stuff that seemingly happens anytime someone switches jobs in the NBA. Yeah. Um, but so if you recall those 13 games back in 2011-12, Andrea Bargnani, the first 13 games, averaged 23.5 points, 6.4 boards, 6.4 boards for Bargs, a total outlier stretch of rebounding, 2.1 assists on 57.6% true shooting. Uh, he was really good. The mm -hmm. starters, or I guess it was the basketball Jones at the time, were making videos about how he should be an all-star. It was great. And then he got hurt, and we never saw his like again. Uh, so... The concept for today's show is we're going to take some players who have maybe overperformed versus expectations through the first stretch of the season and determine on the Barg's primo pasta scale whether the first 13 games for them is uncooked, therefore not real, not sticking to the wall, not what you want, or if it's al dente, if this is a true thing that will stick to the wall and is actually a thing we can count on for the rest of the season. S, are you ready to engage in the Bargnani test? Primo, I'm ready, baby. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's begin with Scotty Barnes, who uh, so far this season, 20.1 points, 8.9 boards, six assists, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, 47.8% on twos, 39.4% on threes, woohoo, 57.1% uh, true shooting. Is this start for Scotty Barnes, this breakout, is this uncooked? Is it al dente? Is it somewhere in between? Does it need a little bit more time in the pot with that delicious salted water? What you got here, S? Uh, what are you making of the start of Scotty Barnes' this season? And where does it fall on the prima pasta scale? I think it needs a little bit more time in the pot. 
Um, okay. So I, I agree with most of the numbers. I think actually most of these numbers are cooked. They are Aldante. I think for the most part, you can look at the rebounding numbers and stay, say, hey, this is going to stick. I think the assist numbers might even go up at some point, depending on mm-hmm. what happens with the team. But the shooting is really going to kind of mess everything up here. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. 40% shooting for a guy who shot 30% from three last year. That would be like a historic leap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 45% on catch and shoots and like yeah. four a game. It's nuts. Yeah, that that's a lot. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's a lot. And uh, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago about like just tracking where Scotty's shooting is going to end up being and what where he might land. I compared him to a bunch of different players. There's like Brandon Ingram's shooting trajectory. There's Julius Randle's. Pascal Siakam is another great kind of Mm -hmm. example of a guy who has developed as a shooter as his career progressed uh it's kind of hard to dictate you know where he might land eventually in a longer larger sample size uh but ultimately i kind of like it if he could get to like 35 percent for this season it would be a huge leap it would be awesome to see him at that point and i think the main thing here would be the catch and shoot right so you said Mm -hmm. 45 percent on catch and shoot threes if he can get that to 37, 37%. I think that would be a huge success for him this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. But obviously that percentage going down would mean the points go down and and therefore, you know, the efficiency would go down. So that's probably Mm -hmm. like all connected there. I think the points I got to see, but everything else I feel like is pretty out Dante. So I'm saying it's El Dante through and through, okay. and yeah. it's not because I think he's going to shoot 39% from three all season, because I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to have these up and down games. He's going to have games where he goes five of six. He's going to have games where he goes one of nine, right? And, I'm, you know, I think just like the fact that he's putting them up with such regularity is the thing to be excited about here. And Absolutely. frankly, if he's a league average or better three-point shooter, all of the questions the Toronto Raptors face fit-wise and roster-building-wise get a whole lot easier to start answering if that's the type of dude Scotty Barnes is going to be. And look, there's this sort of unknowable thing with like a really talented player's breakout as well. You know, it's hard. You can't predict when you're going to have sort of a once in a lifetime, uh, once in a generation developmental jump. Maybe yeah. Scotty Barnes just is this shooter now. I don't think it's <laughs> likely. I think it's not very, uh, you know, it's not like it's going to stick over the course of the full season, but it's 13 games. He's been banging them in with confidence with a more sort of structured base on that catch and shoot jumper. I, I think there's, you know, some little semblance of possibility where this is just who he is now. Um, but even if what the most likely thing is happens, which is he drops back down to 34, 35% over the course of the season, um, I think his two point rate can still kind of go up. He has been 47.8% on twos. He's down basically in every area um, from two point range over the course of the season. He's shooting less at the uh, shooting less effectively at the rim from zero to three three foot range than he was as a rookie. He's up from last year, down still from what he was as a rookie. And yeah. I still think there's room for him to kind of nudge up from around the rim from that floater range, from mid-range. Obviously, he's shooting like 67% on long mid-range shots right now, which is bonkers. That'll come down. But I do think there's room for him in the sort of area where we know Scotty Barnes is pretty awesome, where he can just kind of put up those floaters and hooks and stuff. I think that kind of ticks up. And so while... I think the three-point percentage comes down. I think the true shooting percentage stands a chance of kind of remaining high, especially if he's making defenses worry about his three, therefore allowing him to kind of get downhill around guys on closeouts and get to the rim. He's going to pick up more free throw attempts and kind of boost up the true shooting that way as well. So I will say his stat line, for the most part, is looking cooked. You know, we'll see if he's going to finish, you know, with the three stocks per game. That seems like a lot. 
But I yeah. do think the sort of drop in his block rate these last few games is very much tied intrinsically to OG and Anobi not being available because he's had to be more on the perimeter and less in that sort of low man help position. Um, so yeah, I, I'm thinking Aldante for Scotty Barnes. I buy it more than I ever bought Andrea Bargnani. Uh, that's, that's where oh we're yeah. If we're, yeah, if we're comparing it to Bargs, it's like absolutely Al Dante. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's very, very good. We love it. Uh, no fear of Scotty Barnes going the route of Bargs. This is not Scotty Bargs. Uh, he's Scotty <laughs> yeah. Barnes. And yeah. there we go. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We will get into a couple other guys at uh, the point guard position who I think have overshot what our expectations might've been. Dennis Schroeder, Malachi Flynn. Will they keep it up? We will get to that in just a second. But first got to tell you, but our good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to go check them out right now. It's a perfect time to score early this NFL season with America's number one sports book because right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And what better time to get into some football wagering than Thanksgiving week? They got the games on Thursday. Thursday. Do I know who's playing? I do not because I do not follow the NFL, but you might. You might know who's playing. You can go throw a little money down on the over-unders, on the spreads, on uh, all sorts of stuff. Player props. What a great little thing. You can do the same game parlays and stuff like that as well all over there on the FanDuel app. Again, super easy to use. I can use it, which means that it's a pretty user-friendly interface. So go check it out right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season and enjoy your Thanksgiving week. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day, by the way, when you're done here. The Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. It is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Uh, Locked On Sports Today is running all day long with the Locked On shows covering the biggest stories all across the sports world. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 YouTube channel all right s we continue on judging things on the primo pasta scale uh yes, we'll go to dennis schroeder here so far this season dennis schroeder been quite nice 15.6 points three boards 7.3 assists a steal uh 0.2 blocks 43 and a half percent on his twos 34.8% on three, 43% on 4.1 catch and shoot attempts, balanced <laughs> out by 8% on his pull up threes. <laughs> 8% seems hard to do. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, obviously, been very good. He had a bit of a hiccup last week with the Wizards and Bucks games where he looked kind of washed all of a sudden, and then he's bounced back looking good over the course of the weekend against the Celtics and the Pistons. This start, what are you making of it? Where does it fall on the primo pasta 13-game scale? Uh, is it real? Is it al dente? Or is it fake? Is it uncooked? Okay, so I think we're probably going to end up being at the same thing here, which is it is not al dente. It is okay. a little okay. fake. It's mm -hmm. I, I okay. So the reason I say that is because of the three point shooting. Obviously, the pull up is is disastrous, but he's never been a really good pull up shooter, anyways. No. Um, the fact that he is shooting that percentage, uh, what is it, thirty five percent right now? I mean, I I think it's pretty impressive that he's doing that for his career. He is a thirty four percent shooter, so it's a, it's it's kind of leveling out. Um, it's not I, that far out of line. Yeah, it is. It isn't that far out of line. Um, he did start out pretty hot and like this week has sort of cooled him off a little bit. 
I think the one thing that kind of stands out to me is the assist numbers. And I don't expect that to change with the amount of usage and touches. So like mm-hmm. the other areas other than scoring, I think are cooked. They are ready. They're probably going to stick. But the shooting scoring stuff, I'm not so sure about. Similar to Scotty Barnes, where it's like, I got to see how this stabilizes through whatever amount of games. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah, I hear I you. I think tough. this yeah. might be El Dante. Okay. I kind of think this passes the Barg's test in that, yeah, he's at 34.8% and it's being ballooned largely by the catch and shoot stuff, but he's shooting the 60% on long mid range shots, which is why that's well, also weird. Class. Yeah. Yeah. That's also strange considering uh, all of his other two point shots have been a total nightmare for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's getting it back a little bit. He started the season at like 12% on twos. It was nuts. Um, yeah. And he's kind of brought that up with uh, some nice performances of late. I, I kind of maybe buy the three point shooting a little bit. Just and look, the, the you think it's Noah. Noah has shoot. fixed the jumper. I don't know if it's Noah. I think it might just be that like he's getting wide open looks all the time, and Fair. teams are clearly okay with that. There, there's a reason he's wide open for all these looks. But if you look at the NBA.com tracking data of his 5.23s a game, like 4.8 or 4.9 are considered open or wide open per the tracking data. Like he's wow. got room to put these up. He's being empowered to put them up. And maybe me saying this is Al Dante and passing the Barg's test suggests that like I kind of buy into the magic of liking your boss and being bought into what your boss is telling you to do. We know Darko and Dennis Schroeder have a very good relationship. And if you look at just like the true shooting and the overall metrics of, of Dennis Schroeder, like what he's doing right now outside of the assist totals is not all that far off from his career numbers. Last year, 54.5 true shooting. This year, 54.6. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of balancing to be done between the two point and the three point percentages, but with all he's doing, and and again, you mentioned the touches, I mean, he's leading the team in touches, everything flows through him in the half court offense. Is that a bad thing? Maybe, uh, considering how bad this half court offense is. And I guess you could sort of run the risk of this not being real. If they change the sort of hierarchy and you see more of Scotty and Pascal on the ball creating and initiating, but if the role is going to continue this way, I see no reason why. There's a, a huge expectation of a massive drop off here for Dennis Schroeder, considering, you know, guys have career years sometimes. Everyone has a career year. Yeah. And maybe the circumstances are set up here for the Raptors to get that out of Dennis Schroeder, or at least his best year since that 2019 20 season in OKC. I was going to say, this isn't even yeah. like a career year for him. Like he's had yeah. years where he's been better than this in Atlanta, OKC, obviously, like you mentioned. This kind of reminds me, I, I'm just looking through his career right now. Um, the 2020-2021 season with the Lakers, he averaged 15.4 points, 43% from the field, 34% from three, uh, 48% on twos. He was averaging six assists. So it's like pretty similar to what he's doing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. and that team also forced him to be a little bit more of a lead ball handler than maybe he should have been. Um, so I, I could see it being similar in the sense that he's just getting a lot of touches. And the usage is going to be there for him to carve out these numbers pretty consistently. So you know what? I changed my mind. I think it's cooked. I think it's all done. Yes, you've throw convinced it at me. the wall. It's sticking, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, let's go to Malachi Flynn, the okay. backup to Dennis Schroeder. And, and look, we've been talking about guys who have big, sexy numbers. There's nothing sexy about what Malachi Flynn has done so far this year, aside from the fact that he's been able to stay on the floor and get regular rotation minutes and not look like previous iterations of Malachi Flynn in the process. So far this year. 
5.7 points, 1.8 boards, 2.5 assists, uh, 0.8 steals. Not bad, actually, for a guy who plays 16 minutes a night. He's getting in there. 43.5% on twos, exactly the same two-point percentage as Dennis Schroeder. 37.1% on threes for a 55.7 true shooting percentage. But his previous <laughs> career best in that department was 48.8. He had previously <laughs> been below the Mendoza line when it comes to true shooting percentage uh, for the entirety of his career. It's looking better. He's still not exactly like a plus minus wizard or anything like that. In fact, he mm -hmm. might be the opposite of a plus minus wizard, whatever that is. Right. Uh, what is the opposite of a wizard? Who knows? Um, but Malachi <laughs> Flynn, this start to the season where he looks like a semi credible, if not elite, you know, kind of lower end backup point guard in the NBA. Yeah. Is this Al Dante? Is this something that will stick to the wall, or will he go the way of Bargs and have this be, frankly, the peak of his NBA career beyond these 13 games? Where are you at with Malachi Flynn? You know what, man? I'm going to go out and say Al Dante. I'm wow, so positive. <laughs> just incredible. Maybe we just, everyone is not Bargs. Everyone is not Bargs. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm actually, I, you know what? I was kind of, I think the most not Bargs I am on any of this is probably Schroeder. Like, that's probably mm -hmm. the one I would lean to be like, eh, maybe not. But Malachi, sure. um, I think the one thing that jumps out to me is the three point percentage. He's shooting 37% on pretty much the same amount of volume as he was last year, pretty much mm -hmm. the exact same volume throughout his career, other than his rookie year, where he took nearly four three-point attempts a game. Um, mm -hmm. I think and we that don't talk stay. about that year. That we year don't talk fake. about that year. He <laughs> wore a different number. It doesn't even matter. Um, he won a rookie of the month that year. <laughs> Nothing made sense. Yeah. For, wait, for April, right? So it was like seven games yeah. or something? Yeah, something anyways. like that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I honestly genuinely do believe that the three-point shot a lot. I mean, hey, uh, at being playing basketball and runs three-point shooting is a lot about confidence it's about mm -hmm. like being in rhythm and having playing time and just being out there more often that's happened this year he's getting more run even if you agree with it or not like it's happening uh and that three-point percentage inevitably is gonna stick in my opinion because he feels like he's in rhythm more often he his shooting in general i think he's playing more off ball this year as well like mm -hmm. whether it be with dennis schroeder as a guard or he's playing next to scotty and pascal and maybe he's playing like a a more two guard position so a lot of these shots are coming off of the catch that's going to look much better for him i like this i think this will stick i actually think maybe there's more room for improvement here maybe there is more Ooh. growth that can be tapped into um, but yeah, I don't Eric know. Flynn I'm, I'm a Malachi believer. Joy in the comments. Yes, I'm a truther. <laughs> I'm a Malachi truther. So I, I, I think, I think eventually there will be some, uh, some. Maybe, I don't want to say like groundbreaking stats or anything, but for 16 minutes and for him to like get to this level, just be like a semi decent backup guard for this team. I'm gonna say Al Dante. Yeah, it feels like exactly the type of guy they're going to trade for a first-round pick to the Knicks sometime down the line. Uh, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's this feels pretty real to me. It feels pretty doable. It's not exactly a high bar to clear to be better mm -hmm. than previous iterations of Malachi Flynn, but he's doing it. He looks bigger. He looks tougher. He looks like he's able to get to his spots more effectively, yep. keep others from getting to their spots more effectively than he ever was before where he was just kind of this little beanpole man. Uh, it does seem like the bulking up he did in the offseason has really helped. And I uh, I think you can kind of count on decent backup point guard play from him 
for the rest of the year, you're still going to always want an upgrade at that spot. Probably you're still going to yeah. be like, Hey, if you could improve upon one spot on the team, what would it be? Backup point guard, very high on the list. But as far as the role he's being asked to play, he's acquitting himself. All right. I think it's sticking to the wall. He's passing the Bargs test. And uh, yeah, I guess poor Bargs, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Unfortunately, everybody passes the test. <laughs> everybody ta- passes the test except for Bargs. That's that's unfortunate. You know, it's funny. So uh, what we're saying sp- is 13 games is a big enough sample for everybody to know exactly what they are outside, outside of Andre, of Andre Bargani. Bargani. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, it's funny when I was a kid, I used to, uh, I used to love Andre Bariani because he was the closest to my last name. So I was just like, mm-hmm, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is, this is definitely, this is me, you know? And he wore number seven, seven was my favorite number. So I was like, I love this guy. Um, very unfortunate that he, you know, turned out the way was he Barks? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, Barks, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's gonna do it for yeah, uh yeah. let's gonna round it out for the Bargs test. We were gonna talk about Pascal Siakam as sort of an inverse Bargs, but uh he's getting his crap together anyway. It, it'll yeah. be fine. He's he's good. Uh we'll 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 talk plenty about Pascal down the line. Uh I want to talk about the game against the Orlando Magic tonight, which is of course in-season tournament must-win territory and a pretty interesting matchup. We will get to that and close out the show. But first, let me tell you about prize picks uh of course our wonderful partners who are the kings of daily fantasy sports in north america the single best way to go and play is just as it should be it's you against the projected numbers there's not some expert you know sitting in a basement putting together a team you can't hope to contend with no it's just you against the prize picks project projections and all you got to do is pick two to six players on a given entry on a given night and if you get all of those entries correct, whether they get more or less than the prize picks projection in a given stat, you can win up to 25 times your money this basketball season. With the basketball season here, you can also pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So you can go combine receptions with three-pointers made for whichever players you want, and you can do that in prize picks super duper easy. Go check them out right now at prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Use the code locked in NBA for a first deposit matchup to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked in NBA. Code locked in NBA for a first deposit matchup to 100 bucks with prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, rounding out the show here is Fondiar Barahenny of the SDPN and a whole bunch of other places on the internet uh, where you do great work is here as we close it out with the uh, look ahead to tonight. Raptors. Yeah. Magic in-season tournament, essentially a must-win for the Toronto Raptors. You got point differential to be concerned about as well. Mm-hmm. The Magic come in as a minus eight. The Raptors a minus three. You'd like to see the Raptors pad that a little bit. Of course, ahead of their final two group games against the Bulls and the Nets on Friday and Tuesday. Uh, this game, S, I'm fascinated. The Magic, like I, I kind of talked about this on yesterday's show, we haven't seen the Raptors really play their contemporaries at all. It's either yeah. been contenders or the absolute dregs of the league through the first 13 games for the most part. Um, I guess your mileage may vary on the Dallas Mavericks as a contender. I think with Luka Doncic, they're probably closer to that status than not. Yeah. Um, but the Magic are in that sort of mushy Eastern Conference middle. They're 8-5, and five, yes, but... I kind of think this is just like a spitting image of the Raptors, and I think the Raptors have an edge in some areas. What do you make of this matchup? I think it's a super fun one, S. It is a fun one. It's going to be grueling, too. It's going to be grit and yeah. grind basketball. Uh, if you're 80, 86 final score in absolutely, yeah, yeah, there's like there are going to be so many, you know, the mic under the camp, uh, the rim that that gets the noise of the rim. It's there's yep. going to be a lot of dong, dong. 
boom. Yeah, just a lot of yep. that noise in this game because none of these teams are very good at shooting the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of what they are. And you know what? To be fair, like the Toronto Raptors, they've had games where they're on again, off again in the three-point shooting department. The Orlando Magic just haven't. Like they mm -hmm. just do not shoot the ball very well. Jalen Suggs, who is, you know, kind of growing and developing into his own. I think he's shooting 30% from three this year, and he's been like, pretty decent as a three-point shooter for them comparatively yeah. and that's like that's rough you know that's a pretty rough percentage um but it's interesting just because like you know these are two teams in the middle of the eastern conference potentially could be a play-in matchup versus them at some point in time maybe down the line um and they're just very similar in the sense that they're asking these otherworldly forward creators to mm -hmm. just go out there and try their best to create advantages for the Magic, it's Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner. For the Raptors, it's Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. And it's really mm -hmm. about seeing which two, which of those two can carve out advantages the most tonight. It's like, how are you going to kind of, you know, get your own in this game that might be a little muddy and might have a lot of, you know, just, again, like I said, it misses a lot of clunkiness. The spacing is going to be wonky for both of these teams. Guys are going to be helping off of shooters almost consistently in this game. It's going to be a packed paint. How are they going to carve out advantages uh, is mm -hmm. going to be the main thing. And I think that's fascinating, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. The Magic will have no Wendell Carter Jr. or Mar Markel yeah. Fultz, which is notable. Um, and, and I think really for this one, this feels like it comes down to a couple things. One, the Raptors and Magic, both bad on offense. The Magic are the 25th ranked offense per clean the glass right now. The Raptors 24th. The Magic are the third best defense right now. Uh, Raptors 7th. It's just Spider-Man memes pointing at each other all <laughs> over the place here uh, in terms of similar roster builds and statistical profiles. Um, the thing is, the Raptors are devastating in transition. They are unbelievable scoring on the run. And the Magic are not. They're bottom half in the league in terms of transition efficiency. They don't run as much as the Raptors do. The Raptors are just like basically the best transition team in basketball from basically every metric. It's awesome. It's really, really fun to watch. So this game is going to come down to, I think, what happens with the missed shots that are going to inevitably pile up. The Magic are a really good offensive rebounding team. I think they're the number three offensive rebounding team in basketball right now. Um, if the Raptors are getting bludgeoned Go -go on the Bitaze, boards... Go-go Bitaze, baby. Sorry. Go-go, baby. Yeah. Uh, if the Raptors are getting bludgeoned on the boards and not using those boards to turn into transition opportunities against the Magic defense that you don't want to go up against set, uh, this could get ugly if they are doing their thing and cleaning up the defensive glass. If Jakob Pertl has himself a, a nice sort of return-to-form game like he has the last few times out, uh, I think the Raptors kind of have the formula maybe to win this one kind of on the run. But it's going to be yeah. really interesting. And boy, oh boy, Tuesday night basketball with must-win implications, S. It's In November. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the in-season tournament. It's great. Yeah. The Magic Court actually looks pretty cool, too. It's like mm -hmm. gray with like a blue stripe down the middle. It looks pretty tight. Um, hopefully, the, they won't have the reflective problems the Toronto Raptors court had, where yeah. the ad boards made the court uh, just totally impossible to look at sometimes. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Are you an in-season tournament fan? Oh, absolutely. I am Hell a supporter. Yeah. You're in yes. the right place. Yeah. Um, it's just, I feel like there's no downside. You know, there's absolutely. literally no downside. Um, mm -hmm. You get to have fun, intense basketball in November. There are stakes. I think for a lot of these two-way guys and end of bench guys, I was talking to someone about this yesterday, but like 
There are teammates who care about their other teammates and want to mm -hmm. see them make a lot of money. Marquise Noel, yeah. his contract isn't the biggest, the most massive, but him getting $500,000, that's a lot. It's huge. Right? It's massive. Huge. It's massive for him. And I think guys care about that type of stuff. I think the top end guys care about that type of stuff too. It's it's good for camaraderie. It's good for, you know, the locker room. I love it. I absolutely love yeah. it. And like, you know, they'll figure out the whole court stuff as this thing progresses. They'll figure out like if they want to do any tweaks to the divisions and things like that. But like yeah. the, the product itself is incredible. We've already had like some of the best moments of the season through these tournaments, like the mm -hmm. the chokehold and then the, <laughs> the the Warriors Thunder game that came down to the wire. There's like a couple of game winners that happened. It's just been awesome. It's been really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and yeah, I think just because the format's not refined this season doesn't mean it won't get refined over the years to come. That's going to do it. I think we'll leave it there. We're excited for the game tonight. It's pretty cool. Uh, looking forward to uh, Tourney Talk. We'll talk about it actually tonight as Big V joins the show. We'll nice. do an episode right after the game and uh, get that up for you. Um, in the meantime, S, uh, we'll wrap it up here. You can plug what you want to plug, but I also got to know, like, what's your coaching style? What am I in for? You're, of course, again, you're yeah. going to be the head coach. I'll be the assistant coach of the media team at the Sports First Media Charity Basketball Game this Saturday at Madame Athletic Center. Link is in the description if you want to buy your tickets. It's like 11 bucks for tickets. It's super cheap. It's going to be fun. You get to see us do our thing on the sidelines. Um, what, what can I expect? Are you going to be like a tyrant? Are you going to scream at me? Are you going to uh, <laughs> fire me? Are you going to do the Adrian Griffin to Terry Stotts thing? Uh, or will it be more of a right Type vibe. what's going on with the mic <laughs> i have no idea what's going on with the mic i apologize i, I don't You're know good. what's going on with this thing anyways um yeah no i'm gonna be like tom thibodeau on the on the sidelines <laughs> ice, ice, ice. Ice. yeah exactly yeah just yelling really hoarse voice i'm gonna bring a bunch of fishermen's friends just to make nice, sure i'm nice you know get to that point i don't know nice. I, look it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a collaborative effort baby we're gonna we're gonna work on this together i'm excited to see like what we can work with uh i used to coach like house league kids when i was in go. high school so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in a little fun you know i'm i'm darko i'm darko guys let's have fun let's enjoy it <laughs> and that's it that's all i'm gonna say and we're gonna go out and play basketball yeah I'm hoping to embody Jamal McGlore in my assistant nice. coaching. Uh, just kind of be scary, uh, <laughs> yell at guys when they miss when I'm guarding them in practice. Uh, you know, just just be Jamal McGlore. That's that's the sort of uh, thing I'm shooting for in my assistant coaching duties. I'll yeah. also drop some cool sideline out of bounds plays or whatever. You know, the stuff the okay. nerds love. Uh, I'll, I'll get a Lee Ellis very solid play drawn up at some. So point. I was I was going to ask about this. All right, do yeah. we have clipboards? Because I'm already thinking about different things we can run. You know what I mean? I have I'm a clipboard. It's somewhere. It's in the other room. Because I, you mentioned you do some coaching. I also currently am Hell assistant yeah. coaching with uh, my wife's school's uh, basketball teams. And so Perfect. I have yeah. a clipboard. I'm ready to go. I need to get okay. like the whiteboard. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I know how to put it upright. I'm not Randy Whitman. I know how to use the clipboard properly. <laughs> um, I have to get myself a little whiteboard to draw some plays. But uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll be endowed with clipboard for sure. I'm very Wonderful. excited. Wonderful. Um, yes. Because I'm, I'm thinking of now. an end of game scenario right now. A little flare screen for... For Jerome, he gets open. <laughs> Splash, game winner, baby. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Should we just got to decide how do we account for uh, Will Lou as like a drop big. Is his head big enough to deter just like pull up shots? Uh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. how do we weaponize Will Lou's head? You're right. Well, no, he could be Very like exciting. an overseer on offense, right? I, I told him. I, I messaged him. I'm like, listen, you better get your Mark Gasol impression 
ready because <laughs> we're running high post actions. Of, you know, you can oversee everybody. You're, you know, you're you're over the top of everybody. You could just make that pass. I could see it. I could. See I love it. it. It's gonna be t- tons of fun. Uh, ask anything else you want to plug before we get out of here. No, man, no. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, go follow SDPN for a lot of the basketball stuff that I do at Just S. Barahini for Twitter. But yeah, Sean, appreciate you. Excited for this weekend. Let's hoop. Hell yeah. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll be back again later tonight as Vivek and I will talk about Raptors magic in-season tournament. It's going to be a blast. In the meantime, thanks so much for hanging. Support the show by following, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Go your buy your tickets for the Sports First Media game in the description of the podcast as well. And we'll talk to you again after Raptors magic. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.